In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Unfortunately, every single word out of their mouths was a lie. There's only one thing I hate more than lying. Skim milk, which is water that's lying about being milk. Good morning, Cleveland. It's a victory Monday. We are eight and three. This is the highest we've been in 16 years. And I'm here with Ian Wright, right, right. Ian, how are you? Oh, you've lost that love and feeling. Man, does it feel good to win, win, win. Love it, baby. Eight and three. Well, it's certainly the highest as a Browns fan I've ever experienced. And it feels a bit so real. I think we're winning very ugly, but we're getting the wins. And I'm super excited of testing out, especially against the Titans and the Ravens in the upcoming games to see if we are playoff ready. You know, we've had, we, we talked about this weeks ago. We said, hey, we're going into Philly. We're going into Jacksonville. Listen, Philly's an ugly team to play. You don't like to play them. You come out of there with a victory. And Jacksonville, as we talked about with Megan Schobert, they are a team that will just put everything on the line. They did it. The Browns made some, you know, stupid boneheaded mistakes. We'll get into a little bit of that. But at the end of the day, they got the win. They won the games they're supposed to win, which is not normal for this team. This team normally loses the games they're supposed to win. And you're right. Back-to-back, going to Tennessee, and then we got Baltimore. It's going to be a test because right now we're sitting at eight and three. We're in the number one wild card position. So if we can take care of business, the Tennessee Titans are also eight and three. They are currently winning the AFC South. So the Colts, I'm sure, would love us to beat the Titans. I would love to beat the Titans, but I'm going to tell you, the Titans in that run, that running game with Derrick Henry right now is just churning up yards. I watched that India game alongside the Browns game. We'll get into it later this week. Hopefully, we get a pregame in this uh, week, unlike last week, because obviously, you know, lives are chaotic. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that. But yeah, the Browns have a big test next week against the Tennessee Titans. But enough about the Titans. Let's stay within the AFC South, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do you want to say one thing that no one's really mentioned? Bacon, no interceptions today. That is correct. Which is good. You know, if Bacon doesn't lose the ball, we should win games. The one of the key components of this offense is absolutely Baker Mayfield's ability to not give the ball over. Now we did have a we did have a, <laughs> a little up there. <laughs> we got a better ball this year. Well, Harrison Harrison Bryant's coming along, but you know, at the end of the day, he's just got to do a better job taking care of that ball. We'll get into that a little bit, but yeah, no. When Baker's efficient like he is, you know, going out, I think he finished the day nineteen to twenty nine, two hundred fifty eight yards with a couple touchdowns. Now, if somebody bet the over Baker eighteen and a half completions, I really liked that Nick Chubb's dump off there. Um, so that was a good one. But yeah, at the end of the day. Baker has not thrown an interception in I, f- I forget how many different pass attempts, but I think his last interception was against the Bengals uh, in October. So he went the entire month of November 
with no interceptions. Oh, I'm going to tweet that right now. You better be correct on your stats. I am. And I will say, if you really want a stat, Paul, Baker Mayfield's touchdown to interception ratio in the month of November, two touchdowns, zero interceptions for the entire month of November. Awesome. All right, let's get into our normal game show. Game, I'm hungover, by the way, so I'm going to slur my words. Browns offense out of 10. Ian, what are you going to give it? See, this is unfortunate where that offense falls into that seven category. We put up 28 points against the worst defense. I didn't see quite the efficiency. I thought Baker missed some passes he should have had. So I'm going to fall on the six out of 10. What do you think? I think I have 10, mate. We won a game. Okay, Baker over for a few times. But the offense came and did a job. And it was just a lot of points. Like Baker missing that throw to Hollywood Higgins. Baker missing that throw to Jarvis. Like Baker missing the, the one to Kareem Hunt. Like I thought running the ball, we were fantastic. I mean, we finished the day 33 carries, 207 yards, 6.3 yards a carry. That's fantastic. That's the eight. But the passing, yee, not so much. I think seven is the right answer, but in the Paul Brown podcast world of no sevens, I think six is probably where we err on the side. The Browns, you know, obviously got, I got off to a little bit sluggish start. Wyatt Teller, uh, great in the run block. We got to work on that pass block a little bit there, Wyatt. We got to make sure you don't get overextended. So I thought overall, a couple dumb holding penalties that weren't actually holding penalties by JC Treader, but they got called over two on challenges. I'm pretty steadfast with the six here, Mr. Brown. I thought the O-line was good. Obviously, Joel Petonio in the last major play. Yeah, I didn't know he opened up a pancake restaurant. Oh, my God. I felt sorry for that guy. <laughs> you know, how many times it's, it's great. As a Browns fan, you've, we've sat around for years watching our little safeties come up to make tackles and absolutely just getting walloped by an offensive lineman to see it finally be our guy that says, oh, look, you cute little safety, come here just squatted him like a bug just it was a beautiful thing i think i sent you guys a message right after i was like betonio truck serving pancakes but you know it, it just it was a good day for the offense it wasn't a great day you know like i said baker 19 of 29 few drops i think on the one deep over to landry if he hits him in stride that's a touchdown so now but in the same sense he makes these throws and you're just like perfect throws and then it's like you know and listen baker there's nobody in the world that's going to be able to tell baker what he's missed i mean he goes to the full parks and rec ron swanson you know he doesn't like liars and skim milk so missing throws i thought that was a great analogy i almost and you know we might have to confirm with uh, mr joe thomas i feel baker is going to each presser remember how uh hawkins and thomas used to do that catchphrase game where when thomas was on tv he would plug a certain soundbite I have a funny feeling that Baker has something like that going on because he's, you know, Miles is a G like the G in lasagna, the skim milk. He's throwing these little like funny one-liners in there, which tells me he's probably has something set up with his teammates uh, for that one. Um, mate. Okay. Actually, audience, what do you think? Is it a six or an eight? Let us know. Let me know. Put the poll up. We're going Paul Brown, eight or an IDW six. I'm going to go with a six. And the reason why I'm going to go with the six, not the eight, it's tough because no interceptions for Baker. We could have, fin I think if we finished it off, 
a lot earlier would be a nice eight, but there was a lot of stress, especially in my house in the last quarter that are we going to Brownsy mess this up? <laughs> so yeah, I thought six, I'm really on the fence, but we're going to go to six to keep the show going. Defense, Ian. Well, before we leave the offense, we have a couple things we need to talk about. One of them, there is no doubt, probably Jarvis Landry's best game as a Brown. Eight catches, 143 yards with a touchdown. Absolutely fantastic game from Jarvis. Probably could have had a second touchdown if that throw was on. But, you know, during the show, I came across on Twitter one of the most egregious tweets I've ever seen. It was made by uh, a co-host of this podcast. Um, we, don't, we don't need to name Jack now, but we can name him later. At 1.44 p.m. real time, which we call central time, which would be 2.44 Eastern. Or 7 o'clock in England. 7 o'clock England. Jack tweeted out, so you're telling me the best running back in the game, Cleveland Jacksonville, is a UDFA. Okay. Luckily, the karma gods quickly struck him directly in the face because I believe the ensuing drive, Nick Chubb just went absolutely bonkers, made a couple great cutbacks, and finished the game with 19 carries, 144 yards with a 7.6 average and a touchdown. And then Kareem Hunt decided to break off 10 carries for 62 yards of his own, which firmly makes James Robinson, the UDFA that Jack was referring to, probably the third best running back in the game. Ironically enough, Chubb, second round pick, Hunt, third round pick, and James Robinson, UDFA. So you kind of see the draft order fall into the priority of the game. So I must say, watching the Duffinator eat a, just an absolute large amount of what we'll call Joe Show Crow, as I got too familiar with last year, was a BEA beautiful thing. Well, I love an undrafted free agent. I'm really Not against us. You love it when they're like you love the Kaderil Hodge stories. Hodge, Darryl Hodge, that Thomas. clutch fourth, that clutch fourth down catch. I mean Higgins obviously was a late round pick, but he had should have had a touchdown. Stiff arm Steve Carlson. You know there was there was a lot going on there. So I saw more of him than and Juku today. Is that right? I saw. I think I saw David running around there, but he did not get targeted, which is the key thing. But real quick before we move away from the offense. Harrison Bryant, how are you going to let our guy, Megan's guy, Joe Schobert, punch the ball out? So, listen, at the end of the day, we, like we told with Megan, we wanted the Browns to win. We wanted Joe to have a good game, and we wanted injury-free. So, as far as I know, Joe did not sustain any injuries. He was the leading tackler. He forced a fumble, and the Browns won. So, I call that the trifecta. I'm happy. Browns eight and three. Let's hear it one more time. Eight and three. And you know what, Paul? After the game, the Browns got another team's general manager fired. The Jaguars have fired David Caldwell after the Browns beat that ass. <laughs> no one likes that, mate. No one likes that. Listen, the number of times that my squealer fans, friends, and wife, oh, we fired another one of your coaches. Oh, your general. Half the time the coaches were fired before the bus parked back in Cleveland. So finally for another team to fire somebody after we beat them, the world is changing. 2020 has been such a shitty year for so many, but for Browns fans, it's like the Thanksgiving Day feast that never ends. Now on to the defense. Here's a question for you. Ooh, I've done a bit of research on this. Hodge, where do we get him from? We got him from the Rams. 
He was a Very special teams moment. player for the Rams. He went to, I believe, Prairie View A&M, if I have that right. You might want to double-check me on that one, but I'm 99.9% sure I have that right. Yeah, that's correct, yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. He, he was a guy they really liked coming out, um, and he was kind of just making some plays, and I think they just picked him up on waivers, and he's been around ever since. So, I like All right, and, defense, and let's making, do this. Oh. <laughs> what number are you going with? Oh, God. Paul, I was – you know, and honestly here. The last couple games we've been watching the defense, you know, go up against some inclement weather in terms of Philly, Houston, and the uh, Raiders. So we didn't really have a good measure on the defense. Well, we knew that the fighting Mike Glennons weren't going to quit. I will give this about the Jaguars. They play hard. They lack talent in a lot of different areas. I mean, the offensive line was getting cleaned. But Mike Glennon was 20 of 35, 235 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. James Robinson, 22 carries for 128 yards with a touchdown. My guy, Colin Johnson, who's the receiver out of Texas, who I wanted the Browns to get late, four catches, 96 yards and a touchdown. The defense gets a three. I just, I don't think we had a sack. I don't think we really had, I mean, Ronnie Harrison got hurt on the first freaking play of the game. I, honestly, I thought Sendejo played halfway decent. I thought Money Mitchell had a decent game. I'm not sure what the hell Carl Joseph was doing. I mean, we had a play for Mac Wilson that was nice. I mean, I'm trying to name the at least halfway decent plays, but at the end of the day, no sacks against the Jags, no turnovers. You got absolutely ramroded on the ground. Glennon was dropping passes all over the place. I mean, we gave up 375 yards to the Jaguars. Three. Bad. No Miles. No Denzel. No Tucky Tucky. No Porter Gustin. No Ronnie Harrison. Bad. Bad. But to be fair, that's kind of what we were expecting. I mean, the over-under was like almost 50, and we're the teams of backups. Three. What number are you going with? Three. This defense No sucks. way. This defense sucks. Come on, mate. Paul, they're bad. Name one. What? Name who gets the three. defensive game ball. They didn't get a single sack. In the time we did sack him, OV went full headbutt on him and went like Zidane Zidane and just blasted him in the face with a Ooh, headbutt. I like that. Oh, I know. I love Zidane Zidane. Um, he goes full headbutt and gives him the ball. You know, it's like, yeah, no, it did help me in getting my Jags plus seven. But regardless, Paul, you should not uh, have the Jaguars coming down to a two-point conversion where our guy, your guy, my guy, Andrew Sandejo makes the defensive play of the game. There you go, Sendy. Your PFF so is going to be barely above 50, but you made a hell of a play on the two-point. I am tempted to change my jersey strat- strategy and get his jersey. <laughs> He's not going to be here next year, so I'd maybe get the T-shirt. <laughs> Mate, don't be so negative. He'll be here next He's year. He's only on a one-year contract. And, you, I mean, Andrew Sandejo has been in the league for a, quite a number of years. He's, he's not a, uh, a fountain of youth, I will say. Um, if I'm not mistaken, when he came out of Rice, God, he's been in the league at least 10 years. I mean, honestly, he's been around a while. So, he's not – like I said, he's not our biggest problem. He's not the greatest. He's not the worst. I have a running joke with a lot of my friends, and I know Brown Twitter likes to pick on him, but Sandejo is definitely not our problem. I'm going to go with – I'm going to be not as negative as you. We're going to go four out of ten on defense. So who gets your game ball on defense? Do, 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 do. Shout out Alex Trebek. 
Best player that's going through my head is. Jesus, it's harder now, isn't it? Richardson. Okay. Sheldon Richardson gets Paul's game ball. His final stat line was one tackle. You look good. <laughs> yeah, I saw him running after Mike Glennon a few times. And the meeting with the defense. Adrian Claiborne Claiborne put up a goose egg. Ronnie Harrison had as many tackles as Sheldon Richardson. He was in the game for one play. Uh, Money Mitch? Money Mitch, I think he had six tackles, which means that obviously they're completing passes, so that's a problem. But I I do think he made a couple decent plays downfield. Um, At the end of the day, Jags just suck. Matt Wilson? Wilson had one play, I think. I mean, to be honest, there's not really anyone deserving of a game ball. Nothing, literally nothing of substance happened on any of the Jags' possessions. I mean, they started the game, punt, field goal, field goal, touchdown, missed field goal, touchdown, punt, punt, touchdown. Man, I'm not happy how negative you are. We were eight and three, mate. We got- we're eight and three, but our defense sucks. We Listen, and no, be fair, the reason it sucks is how, we have how many starters out. Anytime... I believe it was Jake Trotter or I think tweeted out. He goes, I would hate to see this defense without Miles Garrett and without Denzel Ward, and we saw it today. We didn't have a lockdown corner. We didn't have a pass rush because our two best defensive players weren't on the field. And our one linebacker that can run a little bit that isn't completely rubbish is not Mac Wilson, is Sione Taki Taki, and he wasn't out there either. Our only really viable starting safety in the league is Ronnie Harrison, and he played one play. So there you go. All right, four out of ten. Three out of ten, do the poll. Yeah, okay, let us know, guys, what you're thinking. Three out of ten. But I need to tweet something, so I'm going to put four out of ten when I tweet it. That's fine. But anybody that listens knows it was really a three out of ten. Excellent. Special teams. Special teams. We go back to the Twitter machine where the verified account of Jacques Duffin says, Johnson returning rather than Donovan Peoples-Jones has been a massive improvement. I think he can do some intriguing things at wide receiver, but no longer returning. I actually probably lightweight a little bit agree with that. I think he's just a little bit hesitant right now. I'm not saying he can't be a returner down the line, but he did have one punt, got four yards. But the De, uh, Ernest Johnson, three returns, 93 yards, had a long of 43. Uh, Gillen had a very easy day with one punt of 47 yards. It was a beauty. Backed up in his own uh, end of the field. And Parkey made everything he was supposed to make. Coverage, I thought, was, for the most part, pretty good. Um, I know Jacksonville as a team really didn't make any impactful plays. Um, Their average return was 17 yards. Uh, Punt returned six. You know what, special teams? I'm giving you an eight. I thought specials today were pretty good. Uh, I'm giving them an eight. Wow. A bit of positivity from Ian. I like this. Yes. My problem with the special teams is we seem to do everything well except for returning the – the kick and the punts. But today we actually did that okay. The Ernest, was that our biggest return of the season? It's got by, to be in it. By far, by far. I, I don't think, I think that's the first return we've got out past the 30. And if all the uh, Twitter fact checkers out there want to tell us whether that, that's true or not, I don't remember a return over 30 yards all season. And the Ernest did it today. And what happened? We scored a touchdown. It's a miracle. Special teams makes a play and the Browns offense goes short field and touchdown. All right, let's finish up with an eight for the special teams. How did you feel uh, Kevin did with his calls? Because there's a lot of things out there. 
especially this when is, I was live. People want to know this, this is one. Yeah. Would you have Would you have gone for the kick at twenty two on the fourth down to seal the game off, or would you have gone for the uh, try? Okay. Ian, this this is a fantastic question. Highlight this thing during the game when I was watching it, and I saw first of all he got the first down and the second down carry. Baker missed the open throw on the third down carry. And on the fourth down carry, he also got it. And first of all, the officiating in this game was highly suspect. Both of those holds on Treader were not holds. And when Boger puts the ball down and slides it back two inches, how, what is this exact science for marking? We spent 20 minutes reviewing a play. Was Hunt down? He jumps forward, lands at the 21-yard line. They move it back to the 21 and a half just miraculously. Then they say, well, the Browns won the challenge but lost the challenge, but really one lost the challenge. And at home, I'm like, well, wait a minute. They won the challenge because the ball moved two yards. So somebody in New York went, hey, we fucked that one up. So they called down to the system. After the next play, by the way, we had already not gotten it on fourth down and come back and said, hey, guys, we kind of got this one wrong. The Browns actually won the challenge. What, the problem is since we lost the challenge on the Harrison Bryant touchdown, which I actually don't think he caught that. Um, so I'm not arguing that one. You don't get another challenge. So the guys on TV said, oh, they get their challenge back. No, they don't because they won one and lost one. Therefore, you're out, but you get your timeout back. But the problem is, is on the fourth down, you clearly see the ball break the white hash of the 21-yard line, and they brought it back before. And then with the stick – what the hell's going on with this? So if I'm Stefanski, I wanted to keep the ball. I did not want the defense back out there. I wanted him to go for it. You have, Ch- um, you have Chubb, you have Hunt, you have all of these people that can run the ball. Now, I kind of would like a quarterback sneak, but that's beside the point. I have no problem leaning on ourselves. We've been chunking off six and seven yard runs all day long. I have no problem going with it. And I said that in the moment. However, I understand you kick it there. You go up 11. You, the problem, like we've said before, is we just won't want the defense on the field that much. That's the problem. I'd rather have the offense out there. So that far in Jacksonville territory, going for it, fourth down, trying to literally seal the game, I kind of like the aggression. So I'm not going to kill him on that one. We started that drive at the two-yard line. We had a 10-play, 76-yard drive, and we ended up giving them the ball at the 22, so basically a touchback. I am fully behind Stefanski. I love the analytics on that one. Go for it. I think you're going to get that more than you're not going to get it because you did actually get it. The problem is that the refs had no idea what the hell they were doing. Go Browns. What were your thoughts, Paul? I thought go for the kick, get enough points. God, you're a sissy girl. Yep, that's correct. I am a sissy girl, but <laughs> I do like to relax during the fourth quarter. So, um, yeah, I would like to have got the points and then just uh, chilled out. But the thing about it is, is Browns know you all of a sudden you get that on there, right? And then, oh, they get the ball, they drive down, and then there's onside kicks. You're not going to be resting easy. I mean, realistically, we don't have the Kansas City Chiefs here, which I believe are absolutely throttling the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last I looked. I think it was like, well, it's only 20 to 7 now, so at least that's okay. Um, you don't have a team that's going to be up by two, three touchdowns where it doesn't matter. That, and that's the thing is – you're going to sweat it out whether it's 11 or not because the Jags get the ball back and then they run down the field again. You know, there was still four minutes left, I believe. So, I, I, here's the thing. Stefanski's built up enough with me where I would give him the benefit of the doubt to go either way, but I really do not have a problem with him going for it in that situation. 
Mm. And we're eight and three. All right, Ian, anything else you want to discuss on the show? Mm, no, special, you know, special, obviously, thank you to Megan for coming on, you know, earlier this week to talk a little bit about the Jags. Um, with the Jags GM getting fired, Paul, listen, I'm just going to tell you, Mr. Schobert obviously signed with the old GM. So they could have a little uh, changing of the guard there, and maybe they don't want to spend that money on an off-ball linebacker. So in saying all that, I'm giving myself a few extra seconds to pull up the, uh, the Joe Schobert contract because I do believe after next year he has an out. Yes. So after the 2021 season, his guaranteed salary goes down to zero, and he could be moving. So who knows? Maybe the Browns bring uh, Mr. Schobert back. You saw how well he was getting along with the players. By the way, did you see the guy in Jacksonville that made the joke about um, Schobert uh, wanting to hit Nick Chubb because he's such a bad guy, and all these Browns fans attacked him, and he was like, guys, he was not being serious. He had to, like, clear that up. <laughs> like, you can't even be sarcastic nowadays on that, on that Twitter machine. All right, Ian. Well, look, Titans next week. I'm looking yep. forward to the pre-show. Real quick, game ball. Who gets it? Whole team, not just defense because there's nobody on that team. I'm going Landry. Jarvis. All right, you go Jarvis. I'm going Chubber. I thought that those two were obviously the, the pieces that we needed to carry us to victory. So I'm going to tell you next week, Paul, that defense, Tennessee can score some points. They put it flatly on Indy today. I think they hung a 40-burger on them. So we got our work cut out for them. 45-26 Titans over the uh, Colts. They're humming. And Derek, did you see Derek Henry's stat line? 27 carries, 178 yards rushing, three touchdowns, four, um, two catches, and seven yards. So he uh, had 185 yards of total offense. Is he the best fancy player at the moment this year? Uh, I, th- I think, yeah, he's got to be. Or could, I mean, yeah. they give him – he got 27 carries. I get it. But, yeah, at the end of the day, the Browns, they need to get Miles Garrett back. They really need to get Miles Garrett back. They need, to, they need to overhaul that D-line because I'm going to tell you next week, they are just going to – it's going to be a battle of run, 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 run. I mean, they had, let's see, 45 rushing attempts with their quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs, and Tannehill threw the ball 22 times. So they, they run the ball at a two-to-one ratio. And if you can't stop Derrick Henry, good night, Irene. All right, go Browns, get some sleep, playoffs push, here we come. Titans, then the Raiders, uh, Raven, uh, Ravens. Well, let's, let's hope the Ravens uh, get to face the Steelers on Tuesday or Monday or whatever the hell. How's that looking? There was good news I saw earlier with a couple uh, negative tests that came down, so my guess is they're probably going to get that one in. Nope. I take that back. Adam Schefter tweeted momentarily ago, Ravens wide receiver Willie Sneed has tested positive today. He is the seventh projected starter on the Baltimore offense to pause tests. This is the eighth straight day of at least one positive test for the Baltimore Ravens. Now, if you did the Broncos are sitting over here like, Hey guys, what the hell we got to play with Jimmy Bufoot's look as our quarterback. You guys need to get out there and, uh, and play, but yeah, currently Denver's quarterback, our guy, your guy, my guy, um, I believe his name is Kendall Hilton. Hinton. Kendall Hinton is one of nine for 13 yards with two interceptions. So who says quarter? You know, if Hugh Jackson was coaching that team, people would probably demand that he gets fired with Kendall Hinton. Sorry, I had to go. All right.
Go Browns. Playoffs. Here we come. Eight and three. Looking good. Go Browns.